0: listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. Remember, your your generosity is what makes WDET possible and all the programs that you really like on WDET. It's not just for you, but for everyone in Southeast Michigan. So check your mail for a note from us uh, to send it back with your contribution for our Fall unfundraiser, which means we're not interrupting programming with fundraising messages. We're not spending a lot of time asking you to help us keep programs on the air. But we are expecting you to go to wdt.org and renew your support or donate for the first time. When we hit when we hit two hundred eighty one thousand dollars, we will stop. We will stop asking you for money. We won't bring it up again, maybe until the spring. Uh, But Go to WDET.org, hit donate, uh, renew your support, and keep programs like Detroit Today, Morning Edition, and all the other things that you love about WDET on the air. A little later, we're going to talk with author Jim Wallace about uh, social justice and race in America. His new book is called America's Original Sin racism, white privilege, and the bridge to a new America. He's also a Detroit native. He'll be here to talk about his work uh, and about the conversation about race that we are having or maybe not having uh, or not having enough of here in America right now. But up front, I want to welcome back to the studio Sheikah Dalmia, who is a senior analyst at the Reason Foundation, writer for Reason Magazine, uh, to talk about the week's news, but also to talk about a new article that Chika has coming out in Reason Magazine called Muslim in America, which explores and compares Muslim populations in two metro Detroit areas. Dearborn, of course, which is home to the largest uh, Arab American population outside of the Middle East. Uh, many of those uh, Arab Americans are Muslim, uh, but also Hamtramck, which has a, a large and growing Muslim population and is not necessarily as much thought of as uh, a Muslim community, uh, it is becoming more and more Muslim. Shika Dalmia, welcome to Detroit today.
1: Thanks for having me, Steve. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So let's let's start with uh, your article, which uh, I've read. It's not it's not available to the public quite yet. Uh, next week is that right? Next
1: week, I think, September thirteenth.
0: Okay, uh, uh, I've I've read it. You sent me a a, a copy of it. I found it absolutely fascinating. Uh, and and one of the things that I found fascinating, of course, was the contrast between Dearborn and Hamtramck. Uh, of course, they are very different communities, uh, but even in the sense that they are Muslim communities, they are very different uh, because in Dearborn, uh, many of the Muslims are, uh, are from the Middle East. Uh, they are Arabs or would consider themselves uh, Arabs. And in Hamtramck, the people who uh, are part of the Muslim uh, population are from a very different part of the world. They're Bengalis uh, for the most part. And I, I think when we talk about the, the whole idea of Muslims uh, here in this country or coming to this country, in a lot of people's minds, that means one thing and one thing only. And and I thought your story did this wonderful job of showing uh, the diversity, the sort of complexity of the Muslim community, uh, by, by contrasting these two places, but also, of course, uh, by, by letting individuals tell their story so that you see look, there's a lot more to this word that we use uh, than a lot of people maybe think there is.
1: Right, and that's a very, very good description of what I did, Steve. Uh, just to back up a little, uh, what uh, inspired this story was actually a national freakout last November when Hamtramck uh, uh, elected a majority Muslim city, city council. council yeah. And not only did the you know usual Islamophobic suspects Uh, you know get spooked by that but even uh, newspapers like Washington Post wrote uh, pieces headlining tensions in Hamtramck between the Muslim and the local population and you know and that kind of like you know triggered this thought in my head, well, let's just go and see what's happening in Hamtramck and what's happening in Dearborn, which actually a few years ago had uh, elected a majority Arab American city council with two Muslim members. Uh And what emerged was this fascinating, fascinating picture Hamtramck and Dearborn, first of all, we see them as Muslim towns. And uh, there is no Muslim identity as such to these towns. <laughs> right. Hamtramck is, in fact, you know, the two, as I put it in my piece, the two uh, uh, cities are two different assimilation points on this narrative arc in, of Muslims in America. Yes. And uh, Hamtramck actually is a city uh, that tells you what Muslims look like when they first come to America and Dearborn, what they look like once they have sort of a Muslim identity imposed on them yes. from the outside. And, uh, you know, so why are they participating politically? And the reasons are completely different. Hamtramck Muslims are participating uh, in politics, for a very different reason from dearborn Muslims, but one thing that they have in common is that it has very, very little to do with any theological need right. to <laughs> right. promote Islam yeah. or Sharia is, you know, their local communities.
0: And and talk about the differences. What are the what are the two different reasons? Uh that, that Muslims are getting involved in politics in Dearborn and, and Hamtramck.
1: So, you know, one of the things that surprised me in this piece was um, th- just the depth of misunderstanding in America about what Muslims are all about. Um, in Hamtramck, uh, you know, which if you go to Hamtramck, it does look like a very, very Muslim city. Sure. You know, you will see women in hijabs and even burqas walking down Joseph Kempu Street mm-hmm. and you will hear the musins call and you immediately think, well, okay, you know, these people uh, they may, may not be stoning adulterers on the streets but they are definitely trying to impose their Muslim identity on their town that actually happens not to be true. Uh, you know, there used to be 200 bars in Hamtramck now they are 35. So, you know, you would think oh, these Muslims, you know, it's against their religion. religion. Yeah, they're getting re- uh, that's not what's going on. What's happened is that because the population of Hamtramck has become more Muslim, they just don't drink. Yeah. And so there is no market need for bars anymore and they are being actually some of the previous bars are now being converted into mosques which you would think would be blasphemous to Muslims you know to be praying in a house of vice but it is not. I <laughs> right. mean it's just they they want to practice their religion like any other uh, any other culture yeah. and they actually don't even understand what the whole uh, you know this halabalu hub- uh, is about. You know they don't quite get what the outrage is about. Yeah. Dearborn Muslims, on the other hand, are much, much more self-conscious, partly because they've been in this country much longer. They date back to the early, you know, 20th century, Mm -hmm. in fact. And so they've seen this hostility towards them kind of emerge in America and they are spooked by it. And their political participation is what I call a protective participation. Again, it is not to impose Islam. it is just to protect themselves because everybody sees them as Muslims. so now they have to protect themselves That's as right. muslims
0: right uh, and and what what's the other thing that sort of strikes me about this is the similarities between these two narratives, which of course are are, are different in important ways. Uh, but they 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 sort of compare favorably, I think, to other ethnic immigration and assimilation stories here in America. I mean, uh, so much of uh, of what the people sort of say in your story, so much of what you see them doing or uh, sort of struggling with, I think you would find years ago in Irish-American communities or Italian-American communities. And that's another thing that I think uh, uh, people don't automatically associate with the idea of Muslim Im- immigration.
1: Right. And, you know, what well, the interesting thing about Muslim uh, assimilation in America is, as you say, it's very similar to what, Literally every other ethnic group, immigrant ethnic group in America has gone through. Uh, You know, they are doing very well economically. Uh, You know, they are all engaged in just one single project, which is giving their children a future here in this country. (laughs) Uh, You know, so they pay a lot of emphasis to education, a lot of emphasis on building the human capital. Uh, so, you know, if you, if you just forget about uh, terrorism and, uh, you know, Islamic radicalism for a while and just look at them from sort of the lens of what they are trying to accomplish... They are not trying to accomplish anything different from any other ethnic group. There is, however, one difference. The big difference is that we are asking Muslims to assimilate in America at a time where the mainstream culture has become incredibly hostile towards them.
0: Intolerant. Intolerant
1: towards them. So, you know, so this is part of their, you know, additional struggle. Amazing thing is that despite all of this, if you look at the polls, they have more faith in American institutions. than actually Americans <laughs> Than those, right? the, those of us who were born here. Than those of us who were born here, which yeah. is completely different from, say, the European Muslim experience. You know, Molenbeek in Brussels is extremely different. Right. And, you know, yet we try—we see everything from sort of these preconceived lenses of Molenbeek or extreme, extremism or whatever yeah. it is that we have in our heads. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Shikadamia. She is a senior analyst at the Reason Foundation and a writer for Reason Magazine. Uh, we are talking about... Uh, the week's news, uh, but also talking about a story that Sheikah has coming out in Reason Magazine next week. It's called Muslim in America, and it explores and compares Muslim populations in two metro Detroit communities. One, Dearborn, a very familiar uh, Muslim community, a long-time uh, Arab-American community here in Southeast Michigan, and then Hamtramck, which is becoming uh, more heavily Muslim, is sort of emerging as a new Muslim community here in southeast Michigan. If you want to call and join the conversation, uh, talk about your perceptions of what's going on in Hamtramck and in Dearborn. Uh, are you from Hamtramck and and watching this, the the change sort of unfold and and seeing a community sort of change its ethnic and religious uh, uh, makeup? Uh, what do you think of that? Uh, uh, what do you think of the the perception that we have about Muslims and Muslim immigrants here uh, in America and in uh, Southeast? Michigan. Of course, we have more Arab American immigrants here uh, than just about any place else uh, in outside of the Middle East. Uh, Many of those uh, Arab Americans are are Muslim, uh, of course, in Hamtramck, uh, the Muslim immigrants are coming from a different part of the world, though. Uh, they, are, they are Bengalis. Uh, give us a call, 313-577-1019, to join the conversation. That's 313-577-1019. Uh, Sheik, I heard uh, an interesting story about Hamtramck this week uh, with somebody who, who works there and is uh, involved in the, in the community. And it was about the the, the Muslim call to prayer, uh, which uh, when they started to do that with for the community there in Hamtramck, I think startled a lot of uh, longtime Hamtramck uh, residents, uh, and it, just, it was pretty loud, right? Uh, <laughs> and so there was this discussion about, well, does this have to disturb uh, everybody uh, every 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 day? And this person said that it wasn't until someone brought up the fact that. The church bells that ring, uh, mostly on in in Hamtramck on on Catholic churches uh, historically at least, uh, are a similar call to worship and are probably ten times as loud <laughs> as the as the Muslim call and to do prayer it every hour. Right, <laughs> and they do it a lot. <laughs> uh, so, and I thought that was a really great example of uh you know the, the the sort of instant reaction sometimes we have to things that are different that we're not accustomed to and we see them somehow as more uh, intrusive or uh, more disturbing as things than things that that go on all the time that might be even more disturbing but it, it really is about that association with Muslims and their beliefs that people are, reacting to, it, it's not really the noise.
1: Right. That's that's I think that's really well put. Um, yeah. I mean, the, you know, this story became really big again. Uh, this was four years ago and even bigger than actually the Hamtramck City Council turning uh, Muslim, which yeah. are already Muslim. And, you know, people see sort of a trend. They see, well, mm-hmm. Muslims came in and first they took over our Schools, and now you have so many Muslims in schools. Now they're converting our bars into mosques. Now they want to, you know, this loud prayer sound through their mosque. Yeah. Now they're taking over the city council. <laughs> and they see sort of this trend and think, oh my God, you know, the Muslims What's are happening? coming. The Muslims yeah. are coming and we are going to have extremism. And none of it is true because all, you know, that's happening is that just as the Polish displaced the Germans, uh, you know, in 1920, Now various Muslims are coming to Hamtramck and, uh, you know, similarly by their very presence, changing the streets. But it's not a sinister conspiracy. In fact, one of the interesting things is that if you ask a lot of actually, especially in Hamtramck, where you have Muslims, there are 30 languages spoken over there. You have Muslims from scores of different countries, Uh, Bengali Muslims from Bangladesh are, you know, uh, a pretty big group over there. They see themselves not as Muslims first. They see themselves as Bengalis who have a linguistic uh, affinity to their language. Sure. Uh, you know, you have Bosnian Muslims who are kind of like, you know, Caucasian, blue eyed, you know, uh-huh. Bosnians, who you know, who are very fond of their Caucasian culture. Or, you know, the culture of, sure. the of uh, you know, the, that part of Europe. Of the country they come the cu- from. Of the country yeah. they come from. And, you know, and so these people don't even see themselves as Muslims first. If you go to Dearborn, you know, you have the Shia-Sunni divide. They see sure. themselves as Shia or Sunni, not <laughs> as Muslims. Right. And so Muslim is means something, yeah. but it is not the only thing that means and something. And in some
0: cases, uh, uh, you know, Shias don't consider Sunnis uh, to be Muslim, right uh, and, and vice versa and vice versa right. that that just like uh, you know in in some extreme uh, uh uh, corners of Catholicism, uh, you know that's Christian. That's Christianity. Everything else is something else, right? right. Um, and
1: you know, and uh, from the outside, if you look at these communities, it seems like uh, you know they are living in these ethnic enclaves. Uh, they are worshiping more. Uh, you know, there is extremist uh, extremism brewing, and every time there is an extremist attack, these people don't come out and condemn them. Right. And actually, they do, yes. but. But you know, why if, is
0: that their burden? But, but why?
1: Question. Well, but here's the thing: the Shia, the, sh- the if you go to Dearborn and there are pitched battles between the Shia and the Sunnis uh, in Dearborn. They say the you know all the current extremist groups in the Middle East, whether it's ISIS or Al Qaeda are Sunni outfits. What have they got to do with us? It is like asking the (laughs) Protestants to condemn the Catholic, you know, the homosexuality scandal. You know, and they they just don't see this has got anything to do with them and they're kind of like at this point, they've lived in America for a while so they kind of No, they have to bear the burden, but they really regard it as unfair.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Let's go to the phones. We've got a lot of folks who want to talk about Hamtramck and Dearborn and uh, Muslim immigration, and again, you want to join the conversation. 313-577-1019 is the number. Uh, Let's go to Jerry. Jerry in Hamtramck. Welcome to Detroit Today.
2: Hi, it's actually Gary. Oh, I'm sorry,
0: Gary. Okay, go Um, ahead.
2: Yeah, I was just... uh where, where I live, uh, there were uh, about five or six immediate neighbors of mine, When uh, shortly after I moved in there, were, uh, were Bosnian, and uh, most of them, a lot of them were related. and since then a lot of them have uh, moved out in the areas, a lot of the newcomers are uh, Bangladeshi, but the, uh, I mean, it, it's... Interesting, the variety of, uh, of of Muslims. In addition to the Bosnians that were mentioned, there are Albanians. The first uh, o- Muslim on the city council in Hamtramck was Yemeni, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, and I, I mean, I know that the uh, Bosnians and Albanians largely their immigration was related to the uh, breakup of Yugoslavia and the war there. And I was just wondering uh, for the. If there's any particular reason why the uh, Bangladeshis have uh, come come to this area? Uh,
0: great question, uh, Gary. Thanks uh, very much for the call. What 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 was the sort of genesis of uh, the decision for people to settle in that area in Hamtramck? Which you know, I mean, there's not much reason for people outside of Metro Detroit to even know. That there is a track. <laughs> I mean, it really is this sort of odd uh, municipality. Uh, but it's a distinct. I mean, it's a very distinct community. Uh, has uh, been identified culturally, uh, historically, in, in very distinct ways. What was it that first sort of said to, to, to Bengali uh, immigrants, "Hey, this is this is where we want to go"?
1: Well, a c- couple of things. Um, you know, as the as the caller mentioned. Um, anytime there is a war in some part of the world, America gets an influx of refugees from there, like every country does. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dearborn's history actually is generally a history of various waves of refugees settling in. Uh, Every time there's conflict in the Middle East, you get an influx from Lebanon or Yemen or, you know, what have you. Uh, Something similar has happened in Hamtramck, where uh, Bangladesh actually did experience a lot of turmoil Mm -hmm. in the 70s. And the 80s, it was separated from Pakistan. It used to be part of Pakistan, and then uh, it seceded, and there was a great deal of conflict, and that produced an influx. But the main reason that Bangladeshis are coming to Hamtramck is the reason why a lot of, um, you know, m- low-income immigrants who don't who have some human capital but not a lot of human capital. I mean, they're not professionals. Uh, you know, there are working class people come to Hamtramck, which is that it is extremely, extremely inexpensive. Yeah. So it's a great, great launching pad, you know, for further, you know, economic, you know, your sure. economic survival. So, you know, um, if you go, I mean, then this was just the sociology of Hamtramck is just fascinating. You have these houses which were built in 1920. They are very close together. They are very, very modest homes. They are two stories, two storied homes they cost $50,000 to buy a house, which is extremely cheap. It's (laughs) cheaper than where they come from, actually. And each uh, house has actually two units. And in each unit, there's a family of, you know, four to five, (laughs) which is actually extremely similar to the experience of immigrants who came from, uh, you know, Poland, who used to cram into these houses, sometimes 12, 13 on one floor. Mm -hmm. But It's just that the cost of living is extremely cheap. And the other thing, actually, that came out was uh, that uh, property taxes in Hamtramck are extremely low. So, you know, you're in Hamtramck on 8 Mile and you go on the other side, and it's (laughs) Detroit, (laughs) and because property values are high, it's uninhabited. So it's just a combination of economic Mm. factors that has allowed, and, you know, that they have some networks already over there that has made it Uh, an attractive uh, destination. There are a lot of
0: lessons for uh, Detroit in in the way that uh, Hamtramck is sort of set up to attract immigrants uh, in that way. Uh, Which is a whole new story, which (laughs) I intend to do someday. (laughs) That's another story. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk to Claire. Claire, outside of Hamtramck. Welcome to Detroit today.
3: Hi. I live, um, the Hamtramck border literally cuts through my backyard. Um, And um, I'm a Polish-American woman uh, with family roots on the northwest side of Detroit (laughs) and on Shane Street. Okay. We love our Muslim neighbors in Hamtramck. It's so cool. <laughs> that's great. They're the reason we have businesses. They're the reason there's a grocery store that's open 365 days a year till 1 in the morning. They've filled up spaces that would otherwise be abandoned. It's just it's so cool and vibrant and wonderful. Yeah. And I feel really sorry for people who don't understand how a place like what Conan is right now, what our neighborhood is right now, could be a great place to live. I'll see these fake news articles online of like <laughs> they're taking over. It's so scary. We're all going to die. It's like no, like come down here. It's right. wonderful. We all get along. Yeah, yeah.
0: Claire. <laughs> maybe
3: not get along, but it's it's special because we all interact.
0: Yeah, yeah, Claire. Thanks very much uh, for calling and making that point. And and she could that that is uh, again a... F- a really familiar story with immigrants in, in many communities is that uh, they often are coming in and uh, opening up businesses. They're coming in and occupying dwellings and uh, uh, commercial properties that, that otherwise would be empty. We see this in Southwest Detroit as well, of course, uh, uh, largely with Hispanic immigrants. Uh, But, but it, it really does run against that sort of master narrative about, you know, the, the the fear of of immigration,
1: right? And you know, if you talk to Hamtramck local authorities, they will tell you, well, if uh, these immigrants had not come in and rejuvenated the city, something else would have happened. Because they just see themselves as a very attractive value proposition, yeah. uh, and there there is some truth to it. But the fact is that. Uh, you know, and immigrants do tend to follow opportunities. So Hamtramck is a really good barometer of the vibrancy of a community. Yeah. And Hamtramck is extremely proud of that, and rightly so. You know, but uh, th- that said, Hamtramck, as your caller was saying, is a really unique little city. Because you have all this ethnic diversity, but it's not just that. It's not some sort of, you know, like a... Uh, Brooklyn, whole, I'm, I'm sorry, Queens, hole in the yeah, wall where you right. know you have. It's got a real hipster vibe to it. Yeah, you know there it are. It does. You know you, there are nightclubs and yeah. there is music yeah. and you have these fantastic east eateries over it's there. It's become
0: this very cool place. It's to become live a cool hangout. Hang
1: out It's g- it's a cool hangout place yeah, for which people. which it was are,
0: not when I was uh, right. a kid or a teenager. And
1: that's and I mean and that's because you know ethnic food or for all the foodies is such a huge deal and it's good. I mean Hamtramck is some of the best Arab food I've or. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, Bangladeshi and Arab food that I've had. Yeah. So it's, you know, it has completely changed the complexion of the city, but in a really, really good way.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, Sheikh a senior analyst with the Reason Foundation, writer for Reason Magazine. We'll look forward to your piece next week. Muslim in America in the magazine Uh, we didn't get to uh, talk about Jerry Gary Johnson but uh, (laughs) we'll save that for another time time. (laughs) (laughs) I know as a libertarian you're fascinated by his (laughs) every move right well where is Aleppo (laughs) where is Aleppo (laughs) what is Aleppo Alright, thanks very much for being here and uh, congratulations on, on the story. It really Thank is uh, a very very great piece of work. Uh, up next, we're going to talk about America's Original Sin with author Jim Wallace, native Detroiter, uh, author of a new book about uh, slavery and white privilege and racism. We're going to want you to join that conversation. Talk about are we talking about these things enough? Are we talking about them in your uh, opinion too much? Uh, 313- 577-1019 on the phone. Stay with us on to try today.